Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey y'all, welcome back to a Sunday, June 25th, 2023 edition here on the Chase Thomas Podcast, where I'm still the aforementioned Chase Thomas coming to you live from Knoxville, Tennessee. Just because I'm Knoxville does not mean we're not going to do Atlanta sports, guys. Each and every week here on this very show. That means 99 The Game and 247 Sports. Garrett Chapman is on the program today to talk about all things Atlanta sports. We talk about the Kobe Bufkin pick in the first round for the Hawks. Uh, Seth Lundy in the second round. Why Lundy might actually become a rotation guy before Bufkin. Um, Hawks not doing anything on the trade market to this point. We also talk about the Falcons wide receiver room. If that could ultimately be the downfall in 2023, uh, where they are at their defense, big change there with a more aggressive front. We also talk about Austin Riley's pretty, uh, shaky average year thus far in Atlanta and why that hasn't mattered. The Braves offense as a whole and a whole lot more on this edition of the Atlanta sports guys here on the chase Thomas podcast. All that coming up next. Uncle Darren, let's go. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, hello, welcome back. On a Friday, I was about to say something else, but I'm like, it's a Friday. You're hearing this on a Saturday because yeah. it is the Atlanta Sports Guys. First thing on a Saturday morning, and look, the group chat was popping last night. Garrett Chapman of 19 on the game and 247 Sports. Um, things were. Things were popping. Like we were wondering what uh, what the Atlanta Hawks are going to do in the first round at pick fifteen, and um, if someone was going to get moved to this point. Because like mm-hmm. there's been a plethora of NBA moves made this week where teams are getting at head of stuff. Like Chris Paul's now a Warrior. Like Jordan Poole's a Wizard. Like you just look all around the league and you're like, okay, there is a lot of movement happening. A lot of uh, folks are uh, on the trade market. Guys might be moved. And the Hawks, obviously, forever linked to multiple guys being mm-hmm. being moved. We were wondering if they were going to do something. And they just rushed to pick Kobe Bufkin uh, out of Michigan, which friend of the pod and fellow Atlanta sports guy, Max Markovich, was ecstatic 
to get mm-hmm. uh, Buffkin in here. Um, Garrett, first of all, how are you? Good, man. Good. Busy. I just got my uh, my notification. I'm going to SEC and ACC Media Days. So okay. uh, busy busy month of July is coming up. So I'm really excited. Where's ACC Media Day? Charlotte. Okay. Yeah. So is that that I'm only there for now? Georgia Tech. I'm only there for Georgia Tech because I'm, I'm covering them for 247 Sports. But SEC Media Days is going to be a full week. So yeah. four days. Four days. It's in Nashville, right, this year? Nashville. Yeah. Smashville. I get to go see my niece, too. I get to go spend a full week with my niece. So I'm really excited about that because my brother lives up there. Okay. So really excited about that. Really excited. Okay. There you yeah, go. Man. Big moves. Making moves, man. We're excited. I like it. I like it. Um, yeah, I just... Maybe one day I'll go to those things. I just... I've never really had any interest. I just... I don't want to be... I'm not a big crowds guy, Garrett. I'm not a crowds guy. Yeah, I get that feeling from you. I think I think you talk to... Like, if you go to the bar, you're the guy who sits outside and reads a book. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I'm not like that. I'm, I'm a... I'm like all up everywhere, meeting yeah. everybody and shaking hands. Like I think last year, I, m- I met like a dozen people that I'm still in decent contact with. Mm-hmm. So it's a great experience. It's funny too because like one of the common things now you have Ryan Rosillo doing his podcast live and Split Zone doing doing their podcast live, and you see like that's a growing trend. Mm-hmm. It's like live shows and like would I ever do? Um, my wife asked me, it's like would you ever do like a live show in Atlanta or in Knoxville? Like and I thought about it for maybe half a second and was like, no. And really? <laughs> she was like, why? I'm like, I don't want to be that. So like, they're going to like, I would have to interact with so many people one-on-one and just be like, so sociable. You really don't. It's not that bad. So we have, so I'm going to be up there. I'm going to be like one of our runners. And like, mm-hmm. so I'm like gathering audio and talking to players and coaches mm-hmm. and other people who are up there. Like you have all the sec folks. And, um, I mean, it's, you don't talk nearly as much to other people as you would think. It's a lot of, a lot of like busy work too because you're mm-hmm. like cutting audio and doing everything like that but you know it's it's a great experience it's a lot of fun but if you do a live show generally you put on the headphones and no one bothers you hmm. so it's not like people are coming up and talking to you while you're doing on the radio or something yeah or i guess doing a podcast that's true maybe one day maybe one day garrett chapman um we'll speaking of this uh live shows and just shows in general here um the buffkin pick do you do you like what the Hawks did there? And based on uh, your YouTube uh, evaluations of Kobe Bufkin to this point, uh, the lefty, long, good at getting to the rim, good slasher, seems like he could be fun with Trey finding him. Um, but I don't know. What do, what do you, now that you've had 12 hours to think about it, do you like the pick? Yeah, I think so. Um I mean, it, it fills a need that the Hawks had. I, I think if... Does he feel like an insurance policy to you for DeJounte Murray? It's funny you say... It. I wouldn't say it's insurance policy for DeJounte Murray. I think he's an insurance policy for Bogey. Okay. I mean, that's fine. I, like I think a Bogey one of missing guys. 30 games, Kobe's going to be expected to yeah. be that combo guard who comes in and facilitates and that sort of thing. I think but that's he's what more he feels Bogey like. That's what it does feel like. He's going to come in and fill that role. And mm. it doesn't... I don't know why my gut keeps telling me this is not a dude who's going to be spending a lot of time in the G League. I expect mm. he'll start there uh, and play there for a couple of months, depending on, obviously, like you said, Bogey's injury situation, depending on uh, whether or not DeJounte Murray is packaged in some sort of deal this offseason. I, I think there are a lot of moving parts right now, especially with the with that front office and 
I think there's a mandate now behind closed doors. Some people said that. I don't know who said that. It was someone from ESPN. Uh, I think it's Brian Hurst. Winner collective live, yeah. Uh, but there's a mandate to get under the salary tax, and that doesn't surprise me at all. But right now, they are pretty substantially over that salary tax number. So uh, I think that we're going to see that coming pretty soon, at least in the next couple of weeks. I mean, at Max, last night, the, uh, the text third said, just like, hey, the next three months. I'm like, well, the next three weeks, I would say. Mm. Uh, I'd be very surprised. So I think Kobe feels a little bit like that insurance policy. He's going to come in and he's going to be a dude who can do a little bit of everything right now. Uh, we're not going to ask him to do a lot. But he can go to the go to the rim pretty effectively. He can shoot effectively. His catch and shoot numbers are pretty good. I think he, he was up to like forty some odd percent, forty one percent, and that's all we'd really want him to do at this point in his career. Um, and he's a willing defender too. So that's and that's a plus too. So you because Dejounte Murray is a fine defender. I mean, I think he underperformed a little bit in that regard last year, and uh, I think Kobe's a probably has just as much upside as, as, as DeJounte does uh, in, in terms of defending. Bogey, not a very good defender at all. So I think he's going to be a good depth player for the Hawks, at least early in his career. I, I kind of like the pick. I've He was one of the three guys that I was really interested in. Uh, most of them had already gone. So you get a combo guy who's going to play on the wing, mostly up top as like a, a two guard, and I think that's a good pick overall. Yeah, I think so. He was a plus player at Michigan going through his numbers and just perusing through things. He had a big jump in his uh, three-point percentage in back-to-back years. Um, 22 as a freshman, only shot 36 uh, threes total. 121 the following year. Much bigger role. Um, good free throw share, which is the biggest indicator of what you're going to be on uh, the NBA level. It's really not what you shoot from three in college. It's what you shoot from the free throw line, and he's yeah. an 85% free throw shooter. So I think at the very least he'll be a good shooter um he'll be a corner three guy and the slashing stuff we'll see where he fits in but i think he's got to put on a lot of weight like i don't know if he's going to be like that's probably the earliest issue for him getting into the rotation is i think he's got to get a lot bigger um just defending nba guys and he's not going to be a lead ball handler type so he's gonna have to be he's gonna be tasked to guard some bigger wings especially if he ever plays with trey because they're gonna hide trey always on uh, the easiest guy f- uh, for the Hawks to defend. So he's going to have some tough assignments if he is in the rotation, just with how many talented uh, multidimensional dudes there are at this point in the league. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he plays right away. Um, like you said, I don't see him being like a Sharif Cooper long-term Skyhawk or anything like that. No. But what I would say is it's like he might ha- not have a choice if Bogey's hurt. And also we'll see what happens with uh, AJ Griffin and DeAndre Hunter and, uh, what the plan is there. I mean, Aaron Holiday, we'll see. Is he back? Is he under contract for next year, or is he a free agent? I haven't looked. I really yeah. haven't looked. Uh, but he was someone who's been in and out of the lineup. Um, he would go into the rotation and be the first. Uh, he'd be one of the, the three guards that Nate trusts, and then he would be gone for weeks yeah. at a time. Um, I don't know. I, I'm very curious to see how he fits in, but at the 15th spot, I just thinking more i was like in the group chat where i was like cam whitmore cam whitmore because he was a really good super talented player top five pick if there weren't injury issues then you see i think um there was an nba draft guy who tweeted like you can't like a lot of teams are scared by him of with his medicals because they've been burned by similar situations in the past so for me that's enough where i'm like yeah i would still at 15 it's like the Giannis zone where you just take flyers. I always want to well, just take flyers at that point where 
look, take a bigger chance. Take You've already done the safe picks there in that range, 15 to 22 with Jalen, with John Collins, with AJ. Um, I would have rather just them take a – I want my teams to take a bigger swing there. Just sit, take a chance on somebody who may not be – like Leonard Miller or something. Like when I was talking to Jason Hart of uh, the G League, G League Ignite head coach uh, last week, and he was talking about his different dudes and – what he said about Leonard was he was like, he just reminds me a lot of Lamar Odom. And I'm like, you know who'd be fun in this system? Like a Lamar Odom point forward type who can move the ball around and do different, like we haven't really had that in a long time. So something like that, where it's like, I don't necessarily think that that might be who he gets to. He might just be Al Harrington. I don't know. That being said, I just, I want some more chances in that room because we have eight or nine deep. Like the Hawks are eight or nine deep right now. I would Mm -hmm. just take a chance at that spot. And I don't think Kobe is a chance. I think he'll be fine. I think they're eight or nine deep right now. I think yeah. that's why they needed a high floor kind of guy, which is kind of what I see as Buff Buffkin yeah. being. They have that right now, and they're not going to have that in a couple of weeks. So you need somebody who's going to come in and be a consistent contributor who you know what you're going to get from him. You can't have another – they can't afford to have another guy who's going to come in and be a potential medical concern, a potential mm-hmm. liability and of, of some of any kind. You know, you, like, you need a dude who's going to come in and be consistent. And – I understand where you're coming from, and I think if the Hawks were in more... Like, the Rockets were in a perfect situation to go take a flyer on a guy like this. What's the mm. worst that happens? They're back in the lottery? Who, who cares? Like, you know, like, you take a dude, like, that's what... Because he dropped the 20, and the, the Rockets mm. took him there, so I, that's a slam dunk for them, no pun intended. I mean, it's great for them. Hawks are in a different situation where they're in flux, but they're also on the border of being a top playoff team. So they really don't have as long to, to kind of screw around. They need a guy who's going to come and give a, be a positive role player. I don't see Cam necessarily as a positive role player. I see Kobe as a positive role player because that's, that's what we've been t- saying about this team. Like we, we need guys who can come in and do specific jobs and do them well. And we didn't really have that, at least for what Quinn Snyder saw for this team. And you go get a guy who can shoot the ball effectively and play pos- po- positive defense. That Yeah, that's great. I just, I would take it. It's safe, though. And I, I understand what you're saying. I think Falc- or Falcons fans, I think Hawks fans are going to be surprised that Seth Lundy gets into the rotation before Kobe Bufkin. You think so? Seth, four-year guy at Penn State. He is a natural catch-and-shoot guy. He's long. He's already pretty filled out. He's 6'6". Six, six. Um, he's uh, four, like a 6'6", six, six, 220. <clears throat> four-year guy at Penn State. He is sixth all-time in career threes at 229 total um he shot 40 percent from three last year at penn state i think those older ready to plug and play guys those vets the maturity's there i think he's just someone that if injuries pop up like to a bogey or something i would actually guess that seth is someone who also will fit in better because i think he's just someone you can plant in the corner he just he reminds me a lot of like when you watch it's like oh he's poor man sadiq bay and Sadiq Bey played right away and was an important player. And I'm, you know me, I'm a big Sadiq Bey believer here in Atlanta. But I think if I had to pick who's more likely to make an earlier impact, I actually think it's Seth. I think we see Seth uh, in the Hawks rotation before Kobe. 6'6", six, six wing, 37%, the three-point three point shooting. I mean, I hear what you're saying. He's one of the older prospects. Mm. Uh, there's a reason he stuck around in college as long as he did. But those guys play right away in the NBA. Sure. Sometimes. Yeah. I mean... Maybe I mean, like he he could come in and but he fills a role and that's the biggest thing which you have which you have in the second round. 
Mm. And that's something that the Hawks have missed on for years. Mm. Years and years is the second round picks. And it's to the point now where it's like people like me, even even I was doing this. It's like, oh, it's a second round pick. Who cares? Like, just trade it away, do something else. Uh, who cares? It's just an asset to get rid of. Mm. Because we whiffed on every. I don't even. What was the last second round pick that we drafted that actually amounted to really anything? Was it Pop Psy? Pop Psy. No, I would. I would say. Uh, what's that center's name? Shoot, he's not here anymore. Paro Antich. No, not Paro. Did we draft Paro? I feel like we drafted Paro. I thought we signed him. Maybe he was just a signing. I thought we signed him. Um, no, it's. Oh shoot, he's the center that we had in like 2016 or something. 2016. Bembry. Who? Bembry. That's a wing. DeAndre Bembry. Not DeAndre Bembry. No, I don't know. But what was, well, DeAndre Bembry did play. What was DeAndre Bembry? He was the first. Runner, I don't it? know. But there was a there was a, a center that we had. He was who, first. Say what? DeAndre Bembry was the 21st pick. Yeah, hmm. well, that's the thing about the NBA draft is it dries up so quickly. Yeah. There's always one or two guys later on outside of the lottery who turn into all NBA careers, you know, every yeah. now and then I'll have like a one or two great seasons and, or maybe they're an all-star or something once or twice. But then for the most part, it's pretty dry. But the point is, it's like the Hawks have. Oh, Amari pretty... Spellman. No, nah, that's for... it. Spellman. Yeah. yeah. He's the only one who I could, I could think of it. I couldn't even remember his name. That shows how much of an impact player he, he was, was, I guess. But yeah, look, it's a second round pick. I, I'm, I have low, I have a low level of expectations for these guys. I mean, but he comes in and he satisfies a need, you know, Mm-hmm. And he like if he can come in and be like a Kyle Korver, not necessarily shoot at that volume, but a mm-hmm. guy who can come in and shoot threes and shoot threes effectively, and then go sit down on the bench. Fine, I'll take that. That's a hundred. I'll take that to the bank. Oh, I have the best second round pick in Hawks history. Who is it? You ready? Let's go. Mike Scott. Mike Scott. King. Mike Scott was a. That man was a bucket. I love that dude. Mike Scott was my dude, and I also just I played with. I didn't him know he two. was a second round pick. He was a second round pick. How about UVA. that? Chase Thomas coming in with the heat. Yeah. So, oh, man. The, now I'm just remembering some guys. Remember how excited I was about the AC Law? Oh, I remember being excited about all these guys. Like, you know, actually, one dude who uh, I was very, very surprised mm. who didn't get drafted, who I thought that I thought was, is Oscar Tshibwe hmm. from Kentucky. Yeah. He's a dude who... And, and Timmy. Drew Timmy, too, from Gonzaga. Yeah. Both of those guys didn't get drafted. And, and that... Is very interesting to me. Very interesting because Tashiwe can come in and he's a he is a walking rebound. Yeah, and he's a little undersized, but he's physical and he's very strong. He'd be a dude to go put on a two way contract. I'll take that. No, I, he's probably already signed somewhere, if I'm being honest. But I just have a good question. He also didn't come back. He could have just come back to Kentucky for a nice NIL payday for that final year, and he didn't come back. So I wonder um, if that was the right move for him. But you never uh, know. Yeah, you never know. We'll see. He we, feels like he's been there for like four or five years now. That's all. He's been there for a long time. Um, but he also was a transfer, ago. remember? Um, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. We shall see. Um, Garrett, last thing on the Hawks. Are you surprised they haven't moved anyone? Like, I threw in the group chat where I'm like, Jalen for DeJounte and DeAndre. Because, like, I forgot where it was that, like, DeAndre popped up. Um, was it Jake Fisher, maybe, of Yahoo Sports, where DeAndre um, might be available and he's someone to monitor? I think um in the last couple weeks because uh, everything just happened so quickly but ultimately you i think you know you and max know where i stand on the deandre hunter thing where it's like if he's healthy it's great like if you could turn injuries off like it's 2k then i would keep him in my long-term plans but you just can't and if we get like i'm more of an aj griffin guy i'm more of a sadiq bay guy 
I would really, really prefer they roll with those two playing 30 plus minutes a night next season at the three and the four. But we'll see if that ultimately ends up happening. But I don't know. Are, do you still see something happening this summer with them? And do you think it's something big where they take a big swing for Jalen? Um, because the Boston Celtics are active. I mean, Marcus Smart's a grizzly, and I never would have guessed Weird. that we moved on from Marcus Did Smart. Did not think that that was going to happen. No. So clearly there is some possibilities of the Boston Celtics moving more guys than we might have imagined they would have moved. But I don't know. Where where are you at with some of the always rumored John Collins uh, move movement potentially for Atlanta? So we're the Hawks are probably one of the more interesting teams in the NBA and not just because I cheer for them, but it's none, no one on that core. No one on their core is older than 30. All right. Six will be 25 and all six of those guys are due what? 18 ish million dollars next year. Mm. Like we're absolutely way over the cap, but this is also a 41 and 41 team that sure. I mean, it was a mediocre team under Nate McMillan. They underperformed. Quinn Snyder came in and tried to to do what he could, I guess, and I I still expect the moves to be made because they're over the cap, and I don't think that this is the final form uh, mm. of what Quinn Snyder sees for this team. I also don't completely buy his comment saying that Landry Fields has final say on the roster construction. I think that's a little silly if he thinks if he expects us to to think that. I think Landry Fields has a pretty large opinion, but I feel like Quinn Snyder is. <laughs> going to be the guy who has final say, uh, mm. outside of, of course, your your owner who is already mandated to, to get under the salary cap, which we'll see. Um, I mean, that mandate, if if true, I'm assuming it is, uh, because they did it last year too. Um, if, they, if that's the case, then they're absolutely making a move. There's no question about it. It's just, I think the, mo- the question doesn't become if they'll make a move, it's will they get the proper value in return? Mm-hmm. I don't. I know you pontificated the the idea of of what you said for Jalen Brown, Dejounte Murray, and DeAndre Hunter. Would you do mm-hmm. it? Of course, I would do that. But would they do it? No, probably not. You know, it doesn't make any sense for them to do it necessarily. Um, maybe they do because they just lost a Marcus Smart, a guy who Dejounte Murray. Guard. They need a lead guard guy. to help in the half court. Like clearly, they but, need some sort of lead ball handler there. But that's the thing. It's like you yeah. would bring Dejounte Murray in to do that on a one-year yeah. deal, and but he's not going to resign with you. Probably, I don't know. He might resign there. You never know. But yeah. I don't. I wouldn't expect he would. Uh, I think he would play a little bit better with a guy like Jason Tatum. Anyway, mm. uh, I think that Jason Tatum could take the ball up every now and then. But I think that would make more sense. And DeAndre Hunter, I guess, would fit into what they do uh, pretty effectively. He'd just be kind of like a role player, and I think that's good for him. Yeah. Um, on the flip side, it's like. I just don't see how that happens. I don't know if that's enough value. I mean, maybe if that's your core group and then you involve a third team and send some picks around somewhere. Pritchard probably needs to come to Atlanta now and then the money is actually 100% right and Pritchard wants out too and you get a third, fourth guard. Just another guard. Who cares? Yeah, you just figure something out make the money work or something. But ultimately, no, there's going to be a move. It's going to be a move. And I I just want to make sure that we get the value back. John Collins has been in in the rumor mill for... forever uh three yeah. seasons now and i feel like it's good for him mm-hmm. if we just officially just cut bait I, I love john collins as a player i love john collins as a person uh, i've i've met him multiple times and every time he's been just the same great dude and i i want nothing but the best for the dude but at the same time i i don't see the fit here in atlanta he doesn't shoot the ball very effectively he has that thumb or the, the whatever that finger that's been messing with him for a long time 
he, he plays okay defense, but the thing is he doesn't play a good enough defense for me to be like, all right, he has to stay here. Um, he's a good leader, but it's like you can replace leadership with other players. And I think he's a dude who needs his the ball in his hands to make things happen, and, and you don't want that when you have such ball dominance elsewhere on the court already. Uh, so if, if you send John Collins somewhere, I think that's a, lo- a logical conclusion. I think either Onyeka Okongwu or Clint Capella, I would imagine, would be going. I would like to keep both of them because that pair is the best center duo in the NBA. But, look, I, I can't imagine how we keep both of them. Onyeka Okongwu's due a contract soon. Clint mm-hmm. Capella is a pretty decent trade chip. Uh, uh, we already talked about Bogey Bogdanovich. He could be a trade chip. I mean, the I don't think he's going to be a, a, a. I don't think he's. I don't know, we talked about this like a few weeks ago. I don't think he's tradable until December, but it wouldn't surprise me if he's part of the. If if there's no big move this offseason, if he then becomes something like you package him with Dejounte Murray and uh, send him off somewhere to to get some recoup some of the the assets that you lost with the Dejounte Murray trade. But um, look, there are going to be moves that happen for the Atlanta Hawks. I'm very interested to see what happens. I think it's going to be a very active next couple of weeks. I, I hope I hope that it happens sooner rather than later because if this doesn't happen in the next week, the Hawks aren't going to be able to be active in free agency, at least not in the way that we want them to be. I don't think they're going to be active either way. Like, who makes sense in free agency to the Hawks right now? Like, who? What? Like, I don't want them role to players. do anything. You're going to find role players. I mean, well, part of it know. is, like, I don't even know how to forecast. Know I haven't even looked. I haven't looked. But, I mean. Well, it's a pretty bad free agent class. But I also just don't even know how you approach free agency if you haven't decided on what you're going to do with John Collins. And the people. Well, that's, I don't, but that's what I'm saying. Like, you yeah. have to figure out who's going to be on this roster and who's not. I don't think that there's any clear direction right now. This team doesn't have an identity. I mean, th- I mean, th- if anybody can answer that question for me. I've been asking this question for, for weeks. What is the identity of the Atlanta Hawks? Can I tell you what it should be? With Quinn Snyder here? I mean, it should be pick and roll and three shooters. Like, pick and roll over and over again with Clint Capella and Trey, and then three shooters around him. That's it. Beautiful. That's it. I think it's great. I think that then then that's a a Hawks team that can win 50-plus games. Like, A.J. Griffin in the corner on one side, Sadiq Bay in the corner on another, and then DeJounte just off-ball cutting. That's it. Yeah. I think that's fine. Um I think that, that that we could play off of that and, and turn this into a pretty good team. Yeah. Um, but as it stands right now, that's not the identity of this team. So and it's John Collins and I love John. And there you go. He just does it's addition fit. by subtraction, yeah. and that's not yeah. a knock on John Collins. I'm not saying he's a bad basketball player. I'm not saying he's bad for this team. I'm saying it's just with the new philosophy. I don't see a role for him, and yeah. his value is at an all time low. And the fact that they didn't trade him years ago is a disservice to him it's a disservice to this hawks team yeah i mm, i don't know i keep saying like this is this actually makes the most sense to move john collins this summer than any of the other times I'm well sure like, it's increased in priority as, as yeah. we've gone along but but they actually have his other value options. is so much lower that's all i'm saying like it yeah. makes the most sense to make the deal now but mm. the fact that they haven't made it already is is not good no, and I would actually I would be way more surprised if they move Clint than uh, JC. And I'm also someone who I don't understand why people. I don't think like, it's an either or though. I don't no. think it's an either or. It's I think. Well, I think the Hawks know they moved. have to move one of the two because that's what's popping up all summer. If you've been keeping up with the rumor mill and seeing names, it's like the Mavericks pr- prioritized Capella more than John Collins, and now he's yeah. linked to Utah. Like, there's a lot of teams that 
I think are interested in compa- like I think the Hawks know they can't or at least Quinn especially based on what we've seen thus far is like Clint Capella or Quinn Snyder does not want to go into a year with two non-shooters in his starting lineup again it's just a lot of smoke it's yeah. all smoke I, I'll believe it when I see it I've been hearing John Collins is destined to be traded for I, I was told he was going to be traded draft day last year. There was a, all but certain that it was going to happen. And then it was all but certain he was going to be traded at the de- Until I see the report <laughs> and it is confirmed by the Atlanta Hawks, I'm not going to buy anything. I don't mm-hmm. believe anything until it's confirmed by the Hawks. I, it's just, I, I can follow, I've been following these rumors for years. And until something happens and actually turns into something, mm-hmm. I'm not, I can't buy any of it. Here's what I think uh, ultimately happens. I think it's Rudy Gay and Kelly Olynyk for John Collins. <laughs> Talk about the biggest meh. I don't know. I, I have yeah. no idea what it's going to be. I don't know what his value is anymore. I, really I don't, don't think it's high. I don't think it's very high. Love JC, but it's time for him to move on. Um, the Falcons. Interesting piece on the Falcoholic uh, with uh, highlighting something that Phil Yates of ESPN was wondering about with this group. For you, Garrett, do you think the limited depth at wide receiver will ultimately doom the Falcons from reaching their full their full capabilities in 2023? No, it's not the wide receiver core that's going to doom the Falcons. Because I, I think pieces like this look at the wide receiver room and think that that's, it's a zero-sum thing. Mm-hmm. You know, as if if you don't have the guy who's who's labeled as a wide receiver, then he doesn't exist on this roster. That's uh, look. I respect all of these national pundits, but they don't know the Atlanta Falcons as well as we do. They just mm. don't, and I, I mean that with all due respect because these are very smart guys. They know the league better than I do, significantly better than I do. I know the Atlanta Falcons better than they do. You know, Bijan Robinson is a wide receiver for this team, or he's a pass catcher. Mm. Cordero Patterson is going to be a pass catcher. Kyle Pitts is going to be a pass catcher. That's not the thing that's going to doom the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, they lost Calvin Ridley. Yeah, they lost uh, Alameda Zacchaeus. I mean, come on. Look, it's not about the wide receiver position. It's about can Desmond Ritter play mistake-free football? Can he hand the ball off effectively? Is Bijan Robinson everything he expected? Um, Is this offensive line going to continue progressing? Is... Bergeron, the guy who we expect him to be at left guard, assuming he wins the job. More importantly, the de- the defense. Can they rush the passer? Can they sack the quarterback at a higher clip that's more than, what, 20 times? Mm-hmm. Like, if they can get more than 20 sacks next year, geez, it'd be like, what, a career high over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's really going to be the big key for the Falcons this year. Not the wide receiver core. That's, like, number five on the list for me. Like, that's not mm-hmm. even remotely close. Is is Jeff Okuda going to be a strong second option at cornerback? Is Troy Anderson ready to take the next step and lead this team in tackles? Is uh, Arnold Evicady going to take the next step and get reach double-digit sacks? That's all far more important to me than if a, the wide receiver position behind Drake London is worth the half damn. It's that, That's so low on the list to me hmm. because the wide receiver, too, on this team is is not a wide receiver. It's Kyle Pitts. Like, it's ridiculous. I just think it's a little silly. That's all. I think they're right in terms of if the Falcons find themselves in a, like, I'm trying to think who in the NFC. I'd be, I think, maybe a little bit more concerned if it was the AFC. 
just because of the elite quarterback. Well, the AFC is a lot better than the NFC is. I mean, well, I just think it's a lot more high octane offenses, right? Like you have the best person, like the best wide receiver grouping two years in a row is in Cincy with Boyd, with uh, Jamar Chase, with oh, it's elite. um, And then you go down to the Dolphins with Jalen Waddle and Hill. Like you just there's dudes, Stephon Diggs and Buffalo. Like there are dudes everywhere. So you're going to have to be able to throw the football around to win the AFC. The NFC, I'm looking at it. I'm like, I think the Cowboys have a really good receiver room. Dak's probably my best quarterback in the nfc right now and dak. then yeah i think it's dak who would you have above dak right now jalen hurts no jalen hurts probably two or three though jalen I hurts think did Kirk a cousins lot. is a better quarterback than dak prescott i think if you asked around the league if you could have him straight up contracts are the exact same i think he's doing every t- 55 million dollars no, no, what I'm, I'm saying not, is I'm like, just going to disagree. I mean, we're going to agree to disagree. I, I want to stay on topic here. Dak, Dak is not my best quarterback in the NFC, though. I'm we can Dak agree guy. to disagree there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I will say, you look at it, there isn't depth. Like, they're not wrong that, like, this is a different way of trying to win. Like, it's not sure. like the Titans wide receiver room, which has just got awful. But it's also, they're an injury to away from, like, low-key disaster on that front where it's like who's gonna be catching balls yeah, where it's you like you can't assume injuries i mean you understand you can't assume to a, a up, point. but they're paper thin at wide receiver like yeah, if drake have... london goes down what this <laughs> like if drake london god forbid goes down this receiver room i mean you might be looking at weeks where it's like mac hollins frank darby scotty miller <laughs> as your receiver like that's the worst trio in the league if that happens like that is literally the worst in the league so there is yeah some concern there where like they need certain guys like Kyle Pitts and Drake London need to be healthy like that's just yeah and we're assuming that Kyle Pitts comes back healthy yes and is Kyle Pitts you know yeah and if he is that blots a lot of this out but I will say I think the Falcons I would still prefer they bring in one more wide out like I would prefer one more upgrade at the slot spot I would prefer you're not gonna be able to trade for Hunter Renfro if they don't want to get traded but like or the Raiders don't want to trade for him but I'm like I do think the Falcons should have been a little bit more active in bringing in one more guy in this receiver room. I mean, they got guys out there. Do you go get DeAndre Hopkins? I don't think that that's someone that I want they're a slot interested guy. in. I want a third down safety net. Like, I want someone I can trust who can make Desmond Ritter's life a lot easier. Kyle Pitts? I mean, Kyle Pitts is one. Sure. I mean, I think Drake London's going to be that dude, too. I mean, I'd like to... I think Scotty Miller's going to be a little bit better than some people think. I think he's going to be need a, a lot fine... from him right now. Say? They need a lot from him right now. Like a lot No, they're going to on... be asking a lot from him. But Bijan Robinson, Cordero Patterson, those are dudes who are also going to fulfill that role. Yeah. You know? Uh, you have... Um, oh, I'm blanking on his name. Shoot. Uh, the tight end, who we just brought in. Oh, uh, uh, Johnny Smith. Johnny Smith is another yeah. one of those guys who can be fill that role. Uh, we can just edit that little little bit out right there. No, but. that's okay. <laughs> no, but maybe it's Felipe no, Franks. Johnny Smith is another guy who could come in and pe- catch the football in, in third downs and, and red zone situations. Mm. I, I think I think they've got some guys. I, I see what you're saying. Go pull in some uh, another talented dude. I don't know who, who's out there who's going to be able to jump out. I mean, maybe they can go get a... Julio Someone who gets cut there. from their from the roster. Maybe there's a, another roster casualty come fall camp or something but you know who's out there that i would do mm. i would either go ty hilton he still showed some stuff for uh the cowboys last year not a lot in the tank left just a little i don't, I don't know what he has left jarvis landry i wouldn't hate just taking a flyer on 
Jarvis Landry, I don't know how much he has left. I would just take a flyer. Give me somebody else yeah, that I could. I mean, that, that would surprise. Give me some surprise camp me invites. Those guys get camp give me invites, some. But... Give me some options here. I'm just a little That's nervous. They get down. Like this is a team I'm, I'm very curious to see how they play. But down. it's not. I, I see what you're saying. Like they're paper thin, but it's not something that's like a nine one one. Like it's going to doom no. the Falcons. Sure. I mean, you could say okay if, if, if Drake London gets hurt. Yeah, like that would do. It would be a bad, a big hit to the Falcons. You could say that about a half dozen teams in the NFL. If if Tyreek Hill gets hurt, that really screws up the plans for the Miami Dolphins next year. If Travis mm. Kelsey gets hurt, that really screws up plans for what Kansas City can do. It, you can make this argument. Stephon Diggs gets hurt. Mm. It screws up plans. Of course it does. Of course it does. Because What helps having Josh Allen? Well, yeah, it certainly does. And in our case, it helps to have the best rushing attack in the NFL. So I think the the Niners are still probably there. Niners but, are right there, but I mean, yeah. like, look, we're, we're right up there with all of them. I mean, yeah. we're going to be a pretty damn good rushing attack this year, mm-hmm. uh, and so it's not going to doom the Falcons. That's that's why it's like looking at the roster right now and saying like that's going to be the reason. It could be one of the reasons, sure. I mean, but I'm not willing to hit the panic button. This is not a team that's going to be throwing the ball 40 times a game either. Like we were. We ran at a very high clip last year. I don't think we'll run quite as much as we did last year. Like, we had the one time where we ran the ball, what, 16 times in a row? Mm. I don't see that happening again this year because we have a competent quarterback, I'd, I'd say, or at least more so than Marcus Mariota was. And the Falcons will be a little bit more balanced in that in terms of that, like at least more league normal. Like, they're not going to run it. They're not going to run the ball more than they pass, I don't think. But you're still not going to really throw the ball more than 30 times a game, right? I just think it'll be fascinating. I this is a team that I'm I can't I mean I don't want to be in this spot, but I'm very fascinated to see what the Falcons look like down twenty eight seven at the half. I don't think this isn't strike me as a team that is gonna be down twenty eight to seven at the half. Uh, this defense might be pretty bad. The defense is a big question mark. Like that's the thing. I think yeah. the defense has so much variability. We talked about this a few weeks ago when Max was on the pod with us. Yeah. It has potential to be like a fifteen to twenty off a defense. Like also right, right there, scoring 30th, defense and thirty first. But, like it, but that's Hughes on the other and, yeah. side of the coin. What happens if these guys don't take the next step? Like, what no. happens if they missed on Arnold Epicady? What happens if D'Angelo Malone doesn't do anything and Calais Campbell just has nothing left in the tank and Grady Jarrett is right back in that same situation where he's the only dude on the defensive line who's worth a half damn, and they just double team him and they just kill you? What happens if Jeff Okuda really was just kind of a bum and the Lions traded him for? pocket change or what at least the, the the lint in the bottom of your pocket like what if what if they were right and we were wrong well sure we'd probably bottom out and be a pretty bad defense and um, also ryan nielsen might just be worse than dean peace maybe uh, maybe i mean that could also be true I, they, they've invested a lot more money and and uh and capital into this defense so i'm assuming that it's going to be better but if I kind of see this as like a high 20s, as in like 20, 21, 22, 23. Mm. That's really where I see this defense falling. I think its ceiling is like 15, 16, but its floor is pretty damn low, worse than the NFL low. Yeah. So, but I think ultimately I think that's it's the like, difference between if, him and you Pease, can hide right? a bad defense a little bit with an offense like the one we have. That's kind of the difference between Pease and Nielsen to me. Based on everything I've read and like reading Saints folks talk about him and... Mm-hmm it's just gonna be a boomer bust thing like it's gonna be way more aggressive than what we've seen the last two years where the last two years it's been like the reason the falcons have been in games 
is because he just plays very conservative. Uh, DMPs just did make not him matriculate the ball down the field. Yeah, that's it, not what's going to happen this year. I think they're going to be more aggressive. I think they're going to try and get after quarterbacks well, I think they more. Can afford to be more aggressive this year. Well, we'll see with the secondary. <laughs> we'll see if it holds up. Or if you do go super aggressive and you have a bunch of one-on-one situations with Hughes and uh, maybe Cornell Armstrong and other guys, it's like okay, well, we we still can't be as aggressive as we like because we're putting a lot of guys who just can't handle it in one-on-one situations well chase but this is also what we're looking at right now we're not looking at a super bowl contender necessarily like this isn't a team that's gonna this isn't the san francisco 49ers this isn't the philadelphia eagles the kansas city chiefs whatever but they are very few holes we have holes we have holes this is why we play in the worst we play in the worst division in the nfl Mm. and i think that we're it's a 10-win team in the worst division in the nfl hmm do you know what that means? That means we have holes. It means we're not a perfect team. I think we'll win a lot more games than we did last year. That doesn't mean that we won't have issues. I think we'll have plenty of issues. I think that the positives and the strengths are going to be enough to over, to outweigh a lot of those negatives. And But we got some question marks, man. I, I think this is going to be a really interesting season. And I have expectations for the team this year just because they went out and spent some of that money. But it's a lot of one-year deals still. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of dudes who, who may not be here next year anyway. So it's a rental, and if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. They can go out and make deals next year too. So I think they've got the building blocks in place, and that's really the most important thing is they continue to build this team. I'm excited to see where it goes, assuming Mm. that the bottom doesn't fall out. Because if the bottom falls out, then we have a different problem. Um, But I'm not ready to say that yet. I'm confident in this team. We should be at this point. It's it's June twenty third. We should be, be. Let's be confident for a everyone's bit. everyone. Everyone has uh, no losses, no wins. Mm-hmm. Everyone zero and zero. There you go. Anything is possible. Anything is possible. I don't want to yell. Um, Austin Riley. Do you think he's finally getting settled in that three spot? Because he hasn't been an all star all year. He's kind of had a quiet down year, um, down by Austin Riley standards, we mm-hmm. should say. Or he's just been he's been fine. Um, I wonder, are we in for a big Austin Riley June or July, really? Weather heats up. I mean, we saw what he did in July of last year, when right mm-hmm. before he got that big old contract. He's after getting the contract, he really wasn't all that great. I mean, mm-hmm. he was good by not good by Austin Riley standards, but he was still pretty good by Major League Baseball standards. Yeah, um, he'll. He's got a very good chance of being the starting third baseman in the All Star game, and we're talking about how he's struggling right now. Yeah. Now, a lot of that has to do with the fact that the Braves are the best team in baseball, and because the, I mean, it's third base, and Nolan Arenado is not really playing very well, so I don't put too much stock into the All Star Game voting necessarily, mm-hmm. but it does show that he has respect around the the majors, and it's mostly because he's earned it, you know. And I, I think we've got a big month coming for him. I don't think that we've seen the best that the Braves have to offer as far as like they've really gotten hot, hot. I think, I mean, they've won eight games in a row. They're really, really damn good. Mm -hmm. Um, Austin Riley in general, though, we, he's been struggling a little bit. Um, I I think his numbers actually show that he was getting a bit lucky. I think his batting average of balls in play was like what, 305 or something like that. But we've also seen, it's, it's just so up and down. It's just so up and down for him. But I think we've got a hot month coming for him. His WRC plus is 100. League average is 100. Yeah. Like, you look at it, it just goes back to, like, I think Kevin, yeah, here it is. Kevin Keneally uh, on Twitter had Austin Riley is now hitting 148 with a 284 OBP and an OPS under 600 this season with runners in scoring position. Mm-hmm. 
that's tough. And like you said, he's the leading vote getter um, for the third baseman. Sorry, he's not. He. Well, I think two things to be true. We've he's seen the best version, right? Where it's like, I think Ryan McMahon's had a better year. I might probably go Ryan McMahon, who had a good series in Atlanta. Uh, he had a big dinger and get off Charlie Morton early. Um, but I just, I don't think it matters. Like so much of what the Braves to me this year, and I, I'm excited to dive fully in now that the Tennessee Volunteers have been eliminated in the College World Series, made it the final five. Uh, everything's school HQ, so we're great all good game there. last night, by the way. That was a great game. Um, but it is kind of wild. Like Paul Skeens might. I don't know if he's going to be able to pitch. Uh, in the finals, which is hilarious because of the way the College World Series goes. They don't give a break in between. Um, so you have is to just three days in a row? Yeah. Well, you can't keep going. Like, these guys, there aren't. Like, Paul Skeens might not be available for LSU Florida, which would be a shame. Um, but uh, when you look at uh, the Braves right now with this whole lineup, and every night I look at it and I'm like, it's just Ronald Acuna is so good. <laughs> That, like, everything else doesn't bother me as much as it would if Ronald Acuna was an average player. Where Ronald Acuna is covering up, this season in particular, so much for a lineup that has been painfully average across the board. Like, I don't... It's just... Matt Olson's not a number two guy. He's still got the power. He's going to always be in that top of the home run group. The Braves having their system, we talk about systems, like just always going to lead the NL or Major League Baseball be around that top three in homers during this era is going to keep them in most games. It's going to make you think that they're never completely out. Like getting stuff out of Albies, he's still got it at 116 WRC+. You look at Eddie Rosario, he's doing just enough. Sean Murphy, just enough. Orlando Arcea being awesome at the bottom. Like Michael Harris not being Michael Harris all year long. A lot of that's injuries, but not really getting anything from him offensively um i don't know i just i look at it where i'm like a lot of these guys are doing just enough um to uh keep this thing humming but in terms of acuna it's just the season is acuna acuna is just so much better than everyone else and it's not even particularly close that it just makes life easier it's like why am i complaining you have the best player in the nl right now yeah you do i mean you've got the nl mvp yeah <clears throat> you've also got a guy who, who has a claim to be NL mvp runner-up or at least he's going to yeah. finish top five in the voting um with sean murphy but you use the word average to describe the braves offense i think that that is far from what this offense has been so far this season elite home runs average play up and down no, I'd say like they're who's been above average all year. They're long. the best lineup in baseball. No, 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 no. I'm saying individually, who has had an above average year? Sean Murphy, Ronald Acuna, Orlando Arcia, Sean... Matt Olson. I think is... Orlando Arcia is probably right here. Orlando Arcia has a 132 OPS plus. Yeah, like that's very good. Yeah, I mean Matt Olson's been pretty good. I mean he had the strikeouts, but then he's also like one of the best in baseball in terms of RBI. Yeah. The only person who's better than him is Ozzy Albies, who's also on this roster. Love who he flip-flopped with. You have yeah. a bunch of interchangeable parts. Like you have Marcel Luzuna, who we were seconds away from cutting. And yeah. now he and he was batting point oh seven six. And a month later he's now has a one thirteen OPS plus. Michael Harris missed like a month of the season and started just slumping. Mm. And then you saw what he did last week. He goes out on a scorcher. And yeah. He's still like really getting up, like to where he should be. Austin Riley's been struggling, but he's in the three hole, and he'll he'll turn around, and we'll have a big month from him here soon. But 
no, this is the best by- lineup in baseball. Like, I-, I just don't see any way around it. They've protected a struggling starting pitching staff. Um, someone that's just trying to make ends meet, you know, like just with all of the injuries that they've had in the rotation. And uh, the, the lineup is pretty potent. Uh, I would say the and best. they can beat I would you say the anywhere the one best. through nine. The, the Rays are clearly the best lineup in baseball, I would say. I think it's the Rays. Uh, I don't think it. I don't know. I don't know what they're... I think it's the Rays. And then Texas has a claim Texas there, too. Texas is pretty good. Texas is pretty good. A team that the Braves beat. Yeah. Braves are somewhere in the top five. Across the <laughs> top board. five. I think they are comfortably in the top five. I think they are comfortably the best in the National League. At least they have been at least at this that's point prob- in the season. Yeah, they're probably... I guess the only other com- competition really in the NL is the what? Dodgers. The Diamondbacks? Mm-hmm. I think the Diamondbacks have had a pretty great season. Corral is one of those dudes... Yeah. Who, playing outfield and and he has a great claim to be rookie of the year and mvp he's having a great year i don't expect that to continue necessarily you know it's wild? in june but two of the best two only two of the 10 best offenses in baseball are in the nl yeah well Pretty the american league point. is the american league is uh the class of major league baseball right now um yeah the, i mean just take look at the al east and look at what they've been doing uh they, they've just had a, a spectacular start to the season we got a long way to go we got a long way to go um but no, the Braves are far from average. I think Ronald Acuna is special, special. Um, mm. I, I think he does things. He's already got 32 stolen bases. Like, how incredible is that? Like, you, he's second in Major League Baseball. I think there's, I don't know who the other guy is. I forget. I think he plays for the A's or something. But mm. he's he's beating him in stolen bases. But it's like, that's all he does. Ronald Acuna also is hitting for average this year. Mm. He's getting on base 40% of the time. And he's... Dude is out of his mind good right now, but he's like, he's just getting on base and he's hitting singles too, which I think is is the thing that I've liked the most is Ronald Acuna specifically is just taking what the the pitcher is giving him and he's getting on base and he I think earlier in his career I think he was trying to overpower the baseball and really kill it and I think this year he's just sort of understanding that like hey I'm really freaking fast i'm gonna get on first base i'm gonna steal second base and then i'm gonna, i'm i can score from first if i need to anyway he's just like figured out baseball like i he's don't think all, well, i don't know well, what his weakness is what's ronald acuna's weakness well it's not even ronald acuna, it's everybody this entire team is still growing up like we talk about these guys as if they're 28 29 30 31 like this is they're like in the midst of their prime ronald acuna's 25 Mm-hmm. Like Orlando Arcia is is really only been a pro for a few years. He's only been a starter for like two years. One of which has come here this year in Atlanta. Ozzy's twenty six. Like the only like Austin Riley's twenty six. Michael Harris is twenty two. He's played one calendar year of baseball. So we're, we're talking about this team as if it's a finished product. Like no, this team is only going to get better over the next couple of years. Yeah, and they have this year. I mean, you look at the, what they did last year. They were. They led the, the they led Major League Baseball in home runs, or they led the National League. I think they're right up there at the top. Mm. But they were also leading in strikeouts, and it's the inverse this year. They're leading Major League Baseball in home runs, and if they're not on top, they're right there in the top. But they're like tenth in strikeouts this year. That's huge. Mm-hmm. They're striking out at a much lower clip, and they're getting on base, and and they're hitting the ball more effectively, and then putting just putting the ball in play. Making things happen. And there's a reason they have the best record in the National League. And that's why they're running away with the National League East right now. I like it. Uh, Garrett Chapman, what can the good folks check out from you over on 9 the Game and 247 Sports this week? 
Uh, we're continuing with the uh, official visits. I still got these freaking flies from last week. I'm telling you, they keep coming back. I don't know where they keep coming from. But, no, we have the uh, official visits continue through the weekend. Georgia Tech uh, keeping me very busy. Uh, it's the end of the month for official visits and, and uh, the class of 2024. So we're moving into the class of 2025 uh, coming up here in a few weeks. And then 247 Sports at Lynn United, or excuse me, uh, 92.9. I get my jobs confused. I got so many of them. Mm-hmm. 92.9, we're, um, we got at United tomorrow night. So we're, we're really excited about that. And they got more shows on Sunday. So looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun. There you go. Garrett Chapman, always a pleasure. Max, miss you this week. Maybe we get Max Markovich back next week. Who knows? Maybe. It's tough getting these Padilla, uh pythons on here. Uh, but there you go. Garrett. Oh, they're paladins. Oh, they're pythons. Didn't we learn they were oh, pythons? Paladins. No. Didn't Max say they were pythons? It's a paladin. No, hold on. Padilla, I'm like 95% python. sure. Hold on. The Padilla School, Python Park. Okay, hold on. I may be wrong here. No, hmm. Padilla. Uh, uh, what did you say it was? Paladins? Yeah, paladins. Hold on. This is good. A- ATL only. Uh, I think you might be right. Well, actually, hold on. No, it's not put. No, they're not the paladins. What are they? They're the pythons. Are they the pythons? Yeah. Uh, I was right. They are the pythons. Credit to you, sir. Look at me. You you have me second guessing it. No, they're the (laughs) pythons. Coming at me for my Atlanta knowledge. Hey, man. That's what I do. I might not be there anymore, but I still have it. It's locked away. Corky Kale Classic. Let's go. Garrett Chapman, always a pleasure. Thank you, and I'll talk to you next week. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.